0: Now, I wonder if we could turn for a Scripture reading at this stage to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter uh, 6. And we'll start our reading at verse 13 of the chapter, book of Hebrews, chapter 6. And we'll read from the 13th verse of the chapter, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. For when God had prom, uh, when God made promise to Abram, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, "Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee." And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both pure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner for us is entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing again to the reading of his precious word. Can we unite in a word of prayer, please? Our loving and our gracious God, we approach Thee in our Saviour's name. We do thank Thee tonight for the anchor of our soul in the midst of the storm. Tonight, we think of vessels that will be out on the sea, maybe, tossed about. And we think of the, maybe, uncertainty for some. There may be those that are in danger tonight. But Lord, we thank Thee that in Christ uh, we have a refuge We are glad that we have one who is able to keep us till the river rolls its water at our feet, and then he'll bear us safely over where the loved ones we shall meet. So, our God, we pray that thy hand would be upon us tonight, and, Lord, that we might have a firm anchor in the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things, Amen. You guessed maybe my text, verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Uncertainty is all around us in this day in which we live. We have a world that is more unstable all the time. We have pandemics and wars. We have the financial crisis, economic crisis. Uh, uh, uncertainty in every hand. The, you have the war in Ukraine and in Gaza, and as people look out on their lives, they can see the uncertainty that there is in the world, and that leads to fear, and it leads to stress, and to an anxiety, and we get an, emotionally trapped into a, a way of thinking that is anxious, and we are a, on maybe a downward spiral of Endless questioning about the circumstances of our lives and about worrying maybe about scenarios that might happen tomorrow but might never happen at all. Human affairs may be compared to the waves of the sea uh, that are driven with the wind and tossed. And as for ourselves, we are frail vessels in the midst of that sea, in the midst of the storms. And we think of how men are changing from one thing to the other every decade and maybe even every so few years brings a change in the fashions that we uh, adhere to. In the 1950s, there was rock and roll. In the 1960s, there was the Permissive Society. In the 1970s, there was the disco fashion and uh, the glam and the... uh, Uh, the the rot that there was, but in the 80s, all of the uh, arrogance and affluence seemed to be blown away for a while, and young people began to realize that they needed to work and that they needed to labor for their pay and all of the rest of it. And then we think about the disillusionment that seemed to set in in the 1990s. And then in the 2000s and beyond, we think of social media and uh, the internet and all of these things that have changed the world. We think of the attitudes that have changed and things that were wrong a few years ago today are right and things that were uh, 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 considered to be right and moral and upright, those things now are counted to be wrong. And it seems so changes that it seems to be that people don't know what to say or what is right or what is wrong in this day. And the prevailing fashions change and people are going by the fashions and it seems as if the world is upside down and everything is shifting and everything is changing and we think of the world as the unchanging scene. And the old certainties are gone and there's an attack upon those that believe in the certainties of the word of God. They say that we're old-fashioned, that we live in the dark, that there are no certainties. There is no truth, that everything is just uh, something that people believe in or something that people hold to of themselves, but there's no universal truth. But I want you to see that the Bible is a very different message. And you can see here where it speaks about something that is certain, it speaks there about verse 18 about, or in verse 17 about the immutability of His counsel. Speaking about God, that there is a counsel here that does not change, that does not vary with the decade or with the age in which we live. There is an immutable counsel, and there is a God who does not lie. There's a God whose word is his bond who stands by his word and his word does not change. And we think about this uh, certainty that is proclaimed in the word of God. And surely, dear friend, that is something that you need. In the midst of the uncertainties and the anxieties and the worries and the fears that we face day by day because of the shifting sands of this world, you need an anchor. You need a certainty. You need something that will hold on to you and will keep you in the uh, place where you ought to be. And so tonight for a few minutes we want to think about the anchor. If you look at the text here it speaks about this anchor as an anchor of hope. Now we need hope of all things that we need in any day and generation. We need hope. We can't live without hope and it says which hope we have as an anchor of the soul and this is not a physical anchor this is an anchor of the soul and he says about this anchor that it is both sure and steadfast don't you need something that's sure don't you need something that's set steadfast not the uncertainties of the fashions and fads of this day, which fade away and are gone in a few years. But you need to base your life and your eternity upon something that's not going to change, is going to be true, because it's true throughout all eternity. And so, for a few minutes, as we say, we want to think about this anchor of hope, this anchor of the soul, And we want to think about how you can uh, be blessed by this anchor of the soul. So let's just think for a few minutes at the end of our meeting about God's anchor of the soul. And first of all, can we think about the purpose of the anchor? Now the purpose of a physical anchor is to hold the vessel or hold the boat in place when the uh, waves are going about. And when it's in the water and when it wants to be uh, held in a one position, that's where the anchor is deployed. Now, this is the anchor of the soul here. Verse 19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. And I want you to see the anchor here, like the anchor holds the boat firmly. So it is that God holds his people and you can see that this is a firm anchor. It is a, a, a very reliable anchor. If you look at verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. And if you look at verse 19, you sp- it speaks about the immutable promises of God. So this anchor speaks about the word of God. This anchor is the immutable promises of God that are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to see that this anchor gives safety. Here is a soul that is in danger of being wrecked. And you think about the boat there out on the ocean. And if it doesn't have an anchor, it's going to drift on and drift on. But it's never going to be able to come near the land. Because if it comes near the land and it doesn't have an anchor to stop it uh, smashing into the land or into the rocks, then uh, th- th- then it is going to perish inevitably. Now it, the boat might be out there on the sea without an anchor, and it could sail on for a long time and never suffer any uh, any disaster whatsoever. But as soon as it comes near the land or it comes near any rocks or it gets into a current that is carrying it towards the rocks, well, that's the end of it. So it can drift on for a long time. It can be out on the ocean for a long time. But it's never going to get home if it does, hasn't got an anchor. And isn't that your condition, sinner friend, outside of Christ? There is no safety. You are drifting on in life. And you're drifting on, but you don't have the anchor of the promise of God or the Savior. And therefore, dear friend, you can drift on for a number of years. But inevitably, unless you have the anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to perish at the end. The wages of sin is death. And we recognize that the Bible says in John 3 verse 18, He that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So outside, without the anchor of the promises of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no safety. The anchor has got to be there for safety. The anchor also has got to be there to steady the vessel. If the ship has been driven back and forth... If they can't let down an anchor in order to steady the vessel in the midst of the uh, running tides or where it has been carried, where it doesn't want to go, then we think of how it is going to be violently tossed up and down and it's not going to be steady. And of course, when a vessel is not steady, then it's a very uncomfortable experience indeed. And you know, dear friend, without an anchor, you can't really be at rest. And maybe at times there's a little bit of rest here and there, the sea of your life and your experience becomes calm. But when the storms come, there's no rest. There's no rest. You're not like the child of God that knows that there's a Saviour who is with him, who said that he'll never leave us or forsake us. They don't you don't have the Saviour who said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You don't have that rest when it comes to death or when it comes to trial, when it comes to tribulation. You don't have any rest. I read about a man from Malabar, from the Malabar coast, who was concerned about his sins. And so he began to inquire of the priests as to how he could have his sins forgiven. And the solution that was given to him that he should do penance and that he should drive spikes into the sandals that he had on and that he should walk 480 miles and it was the reckoning of the priest then that if he was walking 480 miles on these uh, spikes that it would be penance enough for his sins so he set out on the road and of course through infection through loss of blood at times He had to give up or he had to rest for a little while. And on one occasion he was resting and his uh, feet were in a very bad way because of this penance that he was doing. And he heard a preacher just over the way preaching in the open air. And the preacher was saying, the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son cleanseth us from all sin. And the man heard what he heard, the message, and he said, That's what I want. That's what I need. And he took off the sandals with the spikes in them and he went to the preacher and he found real rest. He found true rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friend, false religion won't help you. False message won't ha- help you. You, dear friend, you'll never find rest and steadiness in your life unless you have the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say that some of God's people uh, can get into places where they don't have rest, but that's because they've wandered away from the Savior. But if you want rest in your heart and in your soul, then cling to the anchor of your soul, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the anchor brings safety and it brings uh, steadiness, but also it gives stability. It doesn't allow the vessel to drift. I wonder tonight, do you think maybe that your life is drifting? Maybe you're in a place where you had plans and ambitions for your life, and there were goals that you had as to where your life was going to be, and what it was going to achieve. And maybe you haven't achieved those things tonight. Maybe things haven't gone the way that you planned. Perhaps you did have some success in what you wanted in life, but then when you had uh, achieved those ambitions, you found that what you had achieved didn't give you the satisfaction that you thought it was. Life's drifting. You see, without an anchor, you drift. And again, I'm not saying that God's people at times don't drift, but we do have an anchor. We do have something that will steady us and give us stability. In the midst of our life, a Christian is maybe at times going to drift, but we uh, we then can come back to that anchor of the soul and we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and we know that all things are working out together for good. And if we walk in his plan and in his purpose, then we have a real purpose for life. And maybe, dear friend, you have no anchor And you have no stability and no steadiness, no safety. You're in danger tonight. Well, dear friend, the answer to that is to come to the anchor of your soul. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only do I want you to see the purpose of the anchor, but notice the properties of the anchor. Look again at the text of Scripture there in verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. And I want you to think about the fixing of the anchor, uh, the flukes of the anchor, we might say. Of course, what does the job for the anchor is the blades or the flukes, uh, the, uh, the things that go into the sea or fixes itself on the bottom of the ocean, and these are the things that grip the rock or the seabed or whatever it is. And you think about the traditional anchor, it has a hole at the top for the rope, and then it has the stem, and then it has these flukes or blades, which are the things that embed themselves in the rock. Now, I want you to see about the uh, flukes or the blades of God's anchor, you'll notice there. If, it look, if you look at verse 18, there are normally two flukes or two blades in the traditional anchor. And it tells us in verse 18 about two immutable things. In other words, there are two things that are in God's anchor, and He describes them as immutable. So that's the first thing about these blades or these flukes of God's anchor. They don't change, they are immutable. And then you'll see the other thing about them, which it is impossible for God to lie. So these things are guaranteed by the truth of God. God cannot lie. God, uh, to contradict this hope, is to call God a liar, and we can't do that tonight. So you can see that the two flukes are immutable. They are guaranteed by the promise of God, by the word of God, and so they are very powerful indeed. We're not, they're not going to let us down. So what are they? What are these two flukes? What are the um, A fluke is a word, that these two blades. A fluke is a word that sometimes we can use as something that just happens by accident or something like that. But that's not where we're thinking about the blades of an anchor. And what are they? Well, first of all, there's the blade of God's promise. What is the promise? It's the promise that was given to Abram. What is that promise about? That in his seed would all the nations of the earth be blessed. So that speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Ultimately, that's where that promise was fulfilled. It's a covenant promise. It is to God's covenant people. And really, It takes you to the cross. It takes you to the place where our Savior bled and died in the room and stead of sinners that men and women might be saved. And he is the substitute. And those that come to him, their sins are taken from them. And they have been placed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then his perfect righteousness is taken and is given to us. And that's how you're saved. The Bible says, him that cometh to me, the Lord said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So we can depend upon that blade. What's the other blade of the anchor? Well, it's this, it's the oath of God. Look at verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. So not only do we have the promise of God, but this promise, God God doesn't need to make an oath. God's word is his bond. But but in order to show us that this is doubly sure, he confirms the promise that he's given, the covenant promise, by an oath. Now, what is the oath that he confirms? the Lord gave an oath or swear to Abraham. Some people think that that is the oath. But it is more likely that it is an oath that we find recorded in Psalm 110, verse 4. It says that the Lord hath sworn and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, why do we think that that's the oath? Well, if you look at verse 20, you'll see that there is a mention of Melchizedek. Now, what, what is that oath then? What, is, what did the Lord swear, uh, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek? Well, that's um, uh, something that was said to the Savior, that he was a, a priest. The ordinary priests, the, the uh, Le- Levitical priests, they, they were priests for their day, for their generation. But this is a forever priest, This is a priesthood that will not come to an end. These priests, Aaronic priests, could make a sacrifice, but they had to make another sacrifice tomorrow. But this man, after he had made one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He is our great high priest, and he doesn't need to repeat the sacrifice because there is one sacrifice that was made there on the cross of Calvary. And you think of the words that he said when uh, he died on the cross, it is finished. His work is complete. We're told that he ascended to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. There were no chairs in the temple. There were no chairs in the tabernacle. Why? Because the priest had a continual work to do but our priest sits down. Why? Because his work of redemption has been complete. So that's that's the other thing. We have a Savior, but we have a Savior whose work is complete. We have a Savior whose work is guaranteed not only by the promise of God, uh, uh, the God who cannot lie, we're told here, but is guaranteed doubly by an oath, an oath. And we think of how God is emphasizing the fact, the immutability, the unchangeability, the the direct uh, concreteness of this that is guaranteed. This this is absolutely, what does it say? Sure and steadfast. Sure and steadfast. That's what we're depending upon tonight. That's what you need to be depending upon. It's not uncertain. It's not the speculations of men. It is the very word of God guaranteed by an oath. And when we are in the midst of the uncertainties of life, we need something that we can absolutely rely upon. So we see the fixing of the anchor. What about the foundation of the anchor? What is the rock or the bed in which it uh, finds its anchor or finds its fixing place. Well, we think of how the Lord Jesus Christ is not only speak, spoken of by the anchor, but he's the rock. Um, we read of him being the foundation. In First Corinthians 3 verse 11, it says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In First Corinthians 10 and 4, uh, speaking about the rock in the wilderness from which the children of Israel got uh, water, it says that rock was Christ. And dear friend, if you're wanting a foundation in your life, you need a good one. and the good one is the Lord Jesus Christ. Something else, think about the fastness of the anchor. You know that an anchor does an important work. The anchor Smith has a very important business. He needs to if he makes the anchor badly, He's going to endanger the whole crew on that ship or that boat. It can't be faulty. It can't be of inferior quality. Anchors are not made with cast iron or just any raw material. It has to be the best of material. It has to be strongly welded. It needs to be tough, compact material. It's going to bear the strain in the worst of times. And dear friend, we think of how our anchor is going to bear the strain in the worst of times when we've passed through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you an anchor of the soul? Have you an anchor for that day when the waves of temptation come? Have you an anchor that's going to keep you safe in that day, that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the bellows roll? Dear friend, have you an anchor that's not going to let you down. It's not going to give up. Oh, dear friend, it's a wonderful thing. To have a security like that, to have a hope that is well based and well founded. One other thing, I want you to think about the feeling of the anchor. What do I mean by that? Well, an anchor is a peculiar thing in some ways, in that while it works, you don't see it. You don't see it. The anchor is well below the surface, it's away down in the depths of the water. And you don't see it. But those that are on the ship feel it. They feel it. They know that it is working. They know that it is there. And isn't it the same with us and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? We don't see Him with a physical eye. We don't see Him uh, 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 with the outward uh, view or the outward vision. But we do feel His presence. We do know that he's there to meet with us. And dear friend, those who are saved tonight, we can testify to the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an anchor which keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. But one more thing tonight in closing, and that's the prerequisite of the anchor. What does an anchor do? It keeps us safe. It keeps us stable. You go down to the harbor, and you have many vessels there, and probably each one of them has an anchor. Uh, But the thing about the anchor is that it's got to be attached to the vessel. It's got to be attached to the boat. If it's not attached to the boat, sometimes it's by a rope, sometimes, very often now, it's by a strong chain, a solid connection, And our hope has got to be based on a solid connection. It's okay having an anchor, or that there's an anchor on the boat, but you've got to have the chain. There's got to be a connection between the anchor and the vessel. And it says in the 18th verse, at the end of the 18th verse here, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. And the thing is, dear friend, have you laid hold upon the hope? Are you attached to the anchor? Do, uh, have you laid hold upon, as it says here. And the word "lay hold upon means to hold by force, to hold tight. And that's what you've got to do, dear friend. You've got to lay hold upon the anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've got to grip it tight. You've got to lay hold. You've got to hold on to this anchor, not because it's your own force. It's not by your own might that you hang on to the anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we think of that text that we spoke on in the home the other day. Strive to enter in. Uh, The devil will seek to in every way stop you getting to Christ. But dear friend, unless you've got a hold of the anchor, unless the anchor has got a hold of you, then you're going to perish. There's got to be a connection. And that's where repentance and faith comes in. That's when we bow the knee before the Lord Jesus Christ and invite Him to come and take away our sins. That's when we lay hold upon the anchor of the soul. Dear friend, have you an anchor in your life? There might be some anchor there, but have you hold of the firm anchor, the unchangeable anchor, the infallible anchor, anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't hold of the anchor, if the anchor of Christ has not hold of you, when we invite you tonight. Turn to him. Seek the Lord while he is to be found and call upon him while he is near. May God write his word upon our hearts even for his name's sake tonight. Let's uh, turn to the hymn 260 in closing. And we say to you if you are concerned about your soul, uh, then wait behind. Or those that are on the internet, uh, do get in touch with us. Um, I'm not sure whether through Facebook, but certainly through the uh, church webpage uh, www.crossgarfpc.org. There are contact details and um, please get in touch with us or send us an email or get in touch with us some way and we will help you in any way that we can. But don't try, uh, uh, go on without the Savior. 260. 260, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. 260, And we will stand to sing. Loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that thou wouldst bless thy word to our hearts tonight. We think of those that uh, maybe are listening still in their sin. O God, we pray that thou wouldst enable them to have that firm anchor for the soul, that hope that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Part in thy fear and with thy blessing now, Take us to homes and see if they give journeying mercies as we travel on that stormy night. And we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit may rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen. amen.